did not believe in him. It was their unbelief that caused them to not be able to receive what God said he wanted to do for them. Amen? Unbelief. What does unbelief mean? It means unfaithfulness. It means disobedience. It talks about our attitude. It means not positive. When you believe in someone, you are faithful to them. Huh? When you believe in someone, you obey their directives that they give you. Stretch out your hand. Take up your bed and walk. He's telling a man that's laid there for 38 years, get up and walk. But the man didn't have all this knowledge and have all this understanding going or be having the ability to go around like the disciples and see all the miracles that Jesus did but he believed in the words he was hearing he believed in the person of Jesus enough to respond to the word that he was speaking to him amen they got mad at Jesus because he healed someone who wasn't even saved yet Jesus said, which is easier for me to say? Your sins be forgiven you or take up your bed and walk. The word there is sozo. It means salvation and healing. The same faith that it took for him to be healed saved him. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that God wants anybody to go to hell? Do you believe that if, if uh, somebody was to ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins, he would not do it? If you do, you're in error, right? Because the Bible says that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if we believe that strongly about salvation, and this word sozo means salvation, but also means healing, why would we not believe that in the same strength that God wants to heal us? Because the same faith that it took for me to believe that Jesus died for me is the same faith it takes for me to believe that Jesus died not only for my salvation, but also for my healing. Now, this isn't to be a negative word. And so if you get, you know, a haughty or aggravated spirit, uh, you know, you're not receiving it in the right manner because I'm not here beating you if you, you have sickness in your body. I'm only here to say that we have tolerated it way too much. And it may be there, but we don't have to tolerate it. Amen? 
we need to have something rise up in the inside of us and say, bless God, Jesus paid an awesome price that I can be healed. So therefore, I'm going to walk in this healing. I'm going to believe you for this healing to take place in my life. Amen. I mean, know that, that when you go to the physicians and thank God for doctors, right? But how many know they're running around with that little pad and they're real quick to write you out a prescription that will just cover over the pain but never deal with the source of the problem? But how many know Jesus dealt with the source? Amen. To bring healing to our bodies. Hallelujah. <laughs> this man wasn't saved yet. And yet he received his healing. And you're going to tell me we that are saved don't have enough faith to receive our miracle? It's quiet in here tonight. Come on, I'm trying to build up our faith. I'm trying to tell you we believed a lie. It said, oh, you didn't have enough faith. You didn't. No, Jesus paid it all. He is a finished work of Calvary. When he cried, it is finished. He didn't say I'm finished. He said it is finished. The work that he was sent to do was accomplished and completed on the cross of Calvary so that I can have life and have it abundantly. Amen. Praise God. And so here's the problem. They did not believe in him. <clears throat> Excuse me. It denotes not having respect for the person who spoke it. They didn't believe in him. In other words, they didn't believe the words he was saying because they didn't believe in him. Right? Right? Read it there. They did not believe in him. Who's him? Jesus. Here's where we have to have our faith. We don't get victory because we have faith in our faith. I've got so much faith. You know, I've heard people, you know, brag on how much faith they've got. And I hope they do. But what I've realized is people that brag about how much they have really don't have enough to blow the fuzz off a peach. Amen? I'm just being honest about it. But it don't take a whole lot. Peter walked on the water and then Jesus looked at him and said, oh, little faith. Right? How many of you have walked on water lately? So, he did that by just a little bit of faith. What we have to understand is this, is the relationship that we have, the belief that we have is not in our faith. Our belief and our faith is in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And because they did not believe in Jesus, they were not able to receive the words of Jesus. And so I submit to you, we have the same problem today. It is out of that relationship. When we have that relationship that we were speaking of, then we respond accordingly because we have that relationship. Amen. We have that trust. And I want to submit to you that it's not that we have a lack of faith. It is just that we don't know Jesus well enough to trust him at his word. 
We know a lot about the Bible and thank God. We know a lot about church, but we know little about the Jesus of the church. But when you fall in love with him and you get to know him personally and you you begin to trust his word, even when you don't understand it, even when you, like Peter, you couldn't see it, right? It looked, Jesus looked like a different form. They called him a ghost because he he didn't look like what they expected him to look like. And I want to tell you, there are times in my life when Jesus doesn't look like what I think it's supposed to look like. Amen. But I've got to trust not in, in what I'm seeing. I've got to know his word. And when I believe him and I believe in his word, then I begin to believe that he is able to back his word up. It denotes having respect for the person who spoke it. They didn't trust his words because they didn't trust him. This leads us to talk about relationship because when you don't have a good relationship with somebody, then you don't know if you can trust what they're saying is true. How many know we have a trust problem in our land? I mean, it starts... In the family, husbands and wives don't trust each other. And then it flows down to the children, and the children don't trust the parents, and then they don't trust authority. Right? Okay, don't amen me, but I'm telling it right. Yeah? Don't have trust for authority. We don't have trust in the teacher, so they show disrespect. We don't have trust for uh, government. Right? And we have this trust issue because we don't have a relationship with them. Now, you respect the authority of the governor, but you don't trust him because you don't know him. He could be a great guy, right? But we don't know him. So we don't know his motives. We don't know what he's up to. We don't, we don't understand why he's doing what he's doing because we don't know his heart. Right? But whenever we have relationship with somebody, then we know their heart. We know their motives. We know why they're doing what they're doing. Sometimes, even when we don't understand, because we know them, we'll obey them, right? Even when we don't understand, because we know they have our best interest at heart. We know that they want the best for us. And so, we learn how to trust them, even when we don't understand, right? All right, Matthew chapter 13, verse 53. Are you all awake? Nudge your neighbor, ask him, are you awake? All right. 
Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. And when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? All right. Now, but watch this turn. Okay. They're astonished. They say, where did he get this wisdom? Where did he get these mighty works? Now watch this shift. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not this the mother called, his mother called Mary and his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Were they, then did his, this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They seen his great wisdom they seen his mighty works. They were astonished. And then they began to reason within themselves. You cannot reason with the word of God. You cannot rationalize the word of God. Because if it's really God, it isn't going to make sense to your psychic. It isn't going to make sense to your head. It isn't going to be able to comprehend or figure it out in your own mind, right? And so when you begin, when you see the supernatural, when you see the power of God, you stand in amazement, you stand at awe, and then you, you start like these people, start rationalizing, start thinking. Well, now that was an awful good service, and wow, wow the anointing was so great. But that's just pastor. How could that be? That's just Jim. That's just Joe. That's just Sarah. We've known them all of our lives. And we start rationalizing it and we take the supernatural out of the equation and then we come to our own conclusion that wasn't really God at all. We just got a little emotional, a little carried away and next time we'll have to just watch ourselves. Every time that you do that, you will talk yourself out of the blessing that God has for your life. Every time that you do that, amen, you will, you will find yourself receiving only to let the enemy talk you out of it because there is no rationalizing the word of God. Amen. It was not their ability to believe was not their problem. Hear this. It was not their ability to believe that was their problem. It was their choice not to believe that was their problem.
I'm going to say that again. It was not their ability. They had the ability. It was not the ability, their ability to believe that was their problem. It was their choice not to believe. Because at a moment, they believed it. They said, man, where did he get this kind of power? Did you hear him? Where did, where did he get such profound wisdom at? They believed it, but then they turned around and said, no, wait a minute. I've changed my mind. I don't believe this. Unbelief is all also, uh, unbelief also is speaking about having no respect for the person speaking. In other words, their words carry no weight. They have no power. They have no authority. Not because they don't have power or authority, but because, because they really do have the power and authority. It's just not going to work for you because you have no respect for the person speaking it. Amen. I'm trying to help us tonight. I know this might be uncomfortable for you and certainly is for me, but I love you enough to say it. If you don't respect me, you will never receive anything from me or the gift in this house. So you may as well go on somewhere else where you can find somebody you can respect and receive from. It's just, that's truth. It's just truth. It isn't, you know, all pastor thinks he's all of that. No, I don't, but I understand authority. And so if we don't honor authority, it's, it's like me, Brother Bo, I, I may need healing in my body and I get on a jet plane and fly halfway across the country to go see Benny Hinn, right? But if I'm talking about him, Ah, he ain't nothing. I heard he's got issues. You know, all this marriage, all blah, 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 and talking all that stuff. You think I'm going to go up in there and get healed? Why? Because I am not honoring the gift. Amen. If you don't respect healing, you don't have to worry about it. You'll never get healed. Amen. If you don't respect the gifts of the Spirit, why aren't the gifts of the Spirit working in the American church? I'll tell you, they're not respected. Amen. And what is not respected does not operate in our lives. He said, desire earnestly these gifts. And so if we want them to work, then we have to respect them. We have to desire them. We have to want them. And it's that desiring and wanting and respecting that will draw them to us. Amen. Jesus could heal them, could not heal them because they did not respect him. They were unfaithful. They were disobedient because of their attitudes. He couldn't heal them. Not because they didn't have enough faith, 
but because they chose not to believe on him. Okay? I'm going to have another scripture here, then I'll be done. Mark chapter 9, verse 17. And, uh, yeah, Mark chapter 9, verse 17. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Master, I brought you my son who was a mute spirit. And wherever it seized him, it throwed him down, and he foamed at the mouth, gashed his teeth, and become rigid. So I spoke to your disciples and they, uh, that they should cast him out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, being Jesus, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. He fell on the ground, wallowing and foaming at the mouth. And so he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said from his childhood, and oft times it has um, both thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. And then he says, but if you can do anything. But if you can do anything. Have compassion upon us. Jesus said unto him, if you can believe. If you can believe. Let me say it like this. The meaning of belief. If you can respect me for who I am. If you can obey my words. If you can trust me. All things are possible to him who believes. Right? Immediately. The father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. How many know it's possible to have belief, but yet unbelief at the same time? In other words, what this man was crying out is he was saying, Lord, I believe, but help my unfaithfulness. Help my disobedience. Help my negative attitude. Jesus saw that the people came running together and he rebuked the unclean spirit saying, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. And then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead so that many said he is dead. But Jesus looked, uh, took him by the hand, lifted him up and he arose. I submit to you tonight, we have a choice. It isn't about, do can we muster up enough faith uh, in our faith to believe for a miracle? The decision is, do we have a relationship with Jesus that we can believe him at his word? That we can trust him. 
that he said, by my stripes you are healed. That he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement of our peace. That he was the scapegoat. Do we believe in Jesus? I tried to paint that picture the best that I knew how on Sunday morning. It's more than just believing that, that in the good, good old gospel it's about knowing him personally. And when I have that love relationship with him, I can trust him with my life. Amen? Because I have that relationship with him, even when I don't understand what is going on in my life, I still trust him with my life because I know he has the best in mind for me. How I many know... That he didn't come die on a cross, be beaten, so that we could be drugged through life backwards. Amen? How do I get to know him, Pastor? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. I'm going to choose to believe. Said, I'm going to choose to believe. Amen. And I'm going to fight for my healing just as strong as I fight for my salvation. I'm going to stand upon that word for my healing just like I stand on that word for my salvation. I'm believing that just like he died for my salvation, he died for my healing. Therefore, if I can believe him for my salvation, I can believe him for my healing because now we have a greater relationship. I believed him on his word for salvation out of based upon other people's experience with him. Right? I didn't know, didn't know him, Brother Jimmy. I didn't know him. I, I heard what he did for others. Huh? Y'all ain't talking none tonight, are you? I knew him based upon what he had done for others. Granddaddy said he was... He was a wonderful Savior, and I, I heard that. Grandmother said he was a wonderful Redeemer and, and talked about redemption and how, you know, bring you out of sin. And Mom and Dad said he was great healer and deliverer and, and a help in a time of trouble. I heard all of the testimonies in the church of how good God was to them. And based upon what other people knew, and told me about Jesus, I accepted him as my Savior and Lord by faith. Based upon somebody else's relationship, come on, with him. But now I have my own relationship. Now I know for myself, he is a wonderful counselor. That he is a deliverer, that he is a way maker. That he is a wonderful savior. That he is a Holy Ghost baptizer. Amen. I know it for myself. So this relationship that we have built together. Now I can stand on the faith that I have in him. That says he, you can take him at his word. What he said he will do. He hastens over his word. 
Huh? He hastens over his word to perform it, to bring it to pass. He honors his word over his name. Amen. I'm telling you tonight that the word of God is powerful. And we need to get in the word and love the word. Yes, thank God for worship. Thank God for singing. You ought to get into it and worship and sing. It's the gateway into the presence of God. But at the end of the day, you've got to get in the word of God. Know his word when you can't see him, when you can't figure out, is this God or is this not? You hear his word and according to his word, you know it is him or it is not him. So in dark times and stormy than the storms of your life, when you can't figure out, is this God or is it not? You've got to know his word. When Peter didn't know him by sight, he knew him by his word. I'm telling you tonight that we must know his word. Because if you really don't know if it belongs to you or not, somebody can talk you out of it. Huh? But when you look in his word and he said, I died that you can live. Have life and have it more abundantly. That belongs to me. So now when the enemy comes and says, he, he, he didn't say that, he didn't mean that. Now it's too late because I know his word. He's come that I can have life, have it more abundantly. Amen. When I know his word, that he sent his word and he healed me. Amen. Now I know his word. So I stand on that word. And Mr. Devil, you can talk all day long, but I know the promise that God has given me. So I'm going to stand upon that word. Amen. Whenever Daniel was in that battle for 21 days, right? You read that story. And what did the Bible say that the angels came for? He said, I come for your words. I'm telling you tonight, you can speak blessing or you can speak cursing. You can speak life or you can speak death. Amen. Whose report are you going to choose to believe? To whom is the arm of the Lord going to be extended? I'll tell you who it will be extended to. It is that one that will believe his word. That one that will speak his word. And the scripture said when we are, have the faith to speak his word, that his word will not return into him void. Amen. It said as the snow comes down from heaven and the rain comes from the heavens, he said, and returns, evaporates, and goes back up to the heavenlies. He said that's the same way that the word works. It wasn't when the word came. It wasn't when the word was written. But it's when you believed it enough in your heart to begin to speak the word and return the word back to God. He said it is then that it will not return unto him void. <laughs> but it will accomplish what it has been sent to do. And so we can hear the word, we can read the word, but until we raise up and say, I believe the word of Jesus, I believe the word of God, and we begin to say, Jesus, you said that you died, that I can live. Now I accept that in my life. It is then that it doesn't return to him void, but it's accomplished in my life. 
When I begin to say, by your stripes, I am healed. And I believe that word. Amen. It is then that it returns to him and does not return void, but accomplishes that in my life. And so, well, well, pastor, I tried that once. Well, bless your heart. Amen. It isn't what comes out of you in great times of triumph. It's what comes out of you when you're facing defeat is what you really believe. Because from the abundance of the heart. Amen. Oh, we all know how to put on the dog, don't we? We know how, all how to do the religious hurrah and Oh, highly favored, blessed of God. Nothing's ever defeated me. Glory to God. But then, George, how are we going to pay these bills? I don't know. It just seems to be getting worse around here. How are we going to make it? Huh? But it's when we're in that place of struggle, that place of battle. You may have to raise your head with tears streaming down your face and lift one hand without wrath and the other without doubt and stand by night in the house of the Lord and say, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know I can trust him. I can't, I can't figure him out. I, I don't even, I can't even make him out. I can't tell that it's him, but I know his word and his word has spoken in my life and I believe his word. How come I believe his word? Because I know him and I know that he does not lie. I know that he's got my best in, at heart. Even though I don't understand why it is that I'm in this place that I'm in right now, I choose to believe the report of the Lord. And I will speak that over my life. I am the head and not the tail. I have more than enough to meet my every need. My life is filled with joy and victory. Sorrow and defeat has been conquered. And I know the joy of the Lord and the strength of God in my life every day. Because he lives, I live. Greater is he that is in me than all of the hell that has been beaten up against me. I am an overcomer through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I choose to believe. Faith comes. Faith comes. And as it comes, we begin to speak it. And as we begin to speak it, we begin to believe it. Amen? I know I've talked about it before, and I'm getting ready to close. I really am. But how many think, you know, because it just stays in my head, when the first time that Moses stood up there and told Pharaoh, the water's going to turn to blood in the morning. I figured his knees weren't knocking, they were gone. But he heard. He didn't see no blood coming. He said, look at there, it's a getting red down there. Pharaoh, tomorrow. No. He heard the voice of God. And he just responded according to what God had said. That's faith.
If you could see it happening, it wouldn't take faith for it to happen. But when there isn't no signs of it taking place, but you heard it, and by faith you speak it, it does not return into him void. <laughs> but it accomplishes what it's been sent to do. Does this help anybody tonight? Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm just believing God for some crazy things. Is that all right? If it ain't, just leave me alone. I'm believing God for the supernatural. I'm believing God for the miraculous. We've had enough safe church. We've had enough church that can be explained. We need something that will shake the very core of our nation and cause people to realize that God is still on his throne and he's God all by himself and he still backs up his word.